Hey, Bevs. Hey, Sam. And Erica, the goat chick. Oh. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast, We Drink and We Farm Things. Woo. Thank you so much. (laughs) You are so welcome, and thank you for joining us. So we usually like to start the podcast out about, you know, going around the room and saying what everybody's drinking. So, Bev, what are you drinking today? So I am drinking a Santan Brewing Company, Mr. Pineapple. Ooh. This is another one of my favorite Arizona beers. I brought back five, six packs of beer from Arizona, (laughs) and I'm slowly working my way through them on the podcast. This is number three, so there's two more to come. (laughs) Nice. What are you drinking over there, Sam? I'm pretending like I'm back in college and I'm having a vodka Red Bull. Wow. (laughs) Which is probably why I'm already a little slap happy, because I had a few sips of it, and I swear I know what I'm doing, but I don't. Um... So yeah, it, it's a sugar-free one though, so it's just hitting me with the caffeine. So oh, that's good. good. <laughs> yeah. And Erica, what are you drinking over there? I am drinking not my usual because they were out of it, but I am drinking a Gallo Moscato Sangria. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> I love wine. <laughs> I am a wine drinker. Absolutely. Oh, well, that'll be fun when, you know, we're all together at Coop Camp. We'll have to have some wine together, you know. They served wine last year. Ooh. Yeah. Even better. (laughs) If I don't have to smuggle it in, that's, you know, that's even better. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it would be any secret that the ladies from We Drink and We Farm Things would be drinking. Right. Right. That's true. That's true. And that we might be very good or very bad influences on other people, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I think you'll be fine. You'll be in good company. Well, Well, awesome. Yeah, so we'll be seeing the goat check at uh, Coop Camp as well. And cheers to Ashley Kiernan for sponsoring our beverages. Thank you. Cheers, lady. Woohoo. So, Erica, will you tell us a little bit about, like, who you are and your website and what kinds of things people can find on your website? Sure. I'm Erica Hopkins. I've been raising a herd of Nigerians since 2011, Nigerian dwarfs. And, you know, when I first started, I didn't know a lot. I didn't know anything, actually. And, oh, good. You're in good company. (laughs) I didn't know anything about raising any kind of log- livestock. So it's, I just, uh, you know, started um, uh, reaching out to um, new goat friends and they became my mentors. And when I finally started feeling like I know, knew what, what I was doing, at least halfway, you know, uh, <laughs> I started mentoring other people. And then about a year and a half ago, I started thegoatchick.com. And uh, basically, it's a website that will help you decide, um, first, if you want goats. And secondly, if you decide you do want goats, what kinds of goats that you would like, either, you know, dairy meat fiber or a multi, what would you call it? Like a, a, a multi-purpose goat. Okay. And, um, and then after you decide, it will help you uh, choose a breeder and to prepare for them, how to feed them, how to house them, how to care for them, and um, how to fence your yard, just all, all kinds of things. And then it delves into some more advanced topics on breeding and genetics and 
basically everything I've learned over the last eight years on the website. <laughs> yeah, Bev, Bev uh, sent me the link because I was I was not a good podcast co-host and I barely did any research before we got on the on the line with you. So she sent me your website and I was like, oh my gosh, there is <laughs> so much stuff on here. But that's great because you know, as a as somebody that's gonna be like a baby goat connoisseur or I strive to be because they're adorable. Um, I need all that information in one spot, you know, and it's, it's really cool that we've developed a relationship with Brad and now because we trust him, we know that you'll, you know, be a great source of information for us and all of our goating endeavors. Absolutely. Very excited to learn from you today and in the future as well. Absolutely. You can contact me anytime with any questions. Like I said, I don't know everything. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I consider myself an expert. And there are large disclaimers at the bottom that says, hey, I'm not a veterinarian. You know, uh, right. I just I just tell people what works for me and, you know, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> We say that exact same thing oh, a yeah. lot. In fact, I think a lot of our early episodes, we were like, by the way, Bev and Sam are just doing this. Right. We aren't like <laughs> professionally trained. We aren't veterinarians. We're just drinking and chatting. Just drinking and chatting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and yeah. recording it. <laughs> So that's really awesome. If we have any listeners that are maybe thinking about getting goats or, you know, they already have goats and they're not really sure exactly how to do everything for them, then going to Erica's website, thegoatchick.com, will be super useful to you. I saw that you had like a, you have like a quiz that people can take if they aren't sure whether or not they want to raise goats. And I felt like it was really comprehensive. Well, thank you very much. I get a lot of good feedback from it. And uh, I get a lot of feedback from that quiz. I just got another one this morning. Someone had taken the quiz and said, yes, definitely sign me up. I want goats. (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) Does anybody ever say no, they don't want goats after they've taken it? You know what? I was thinking of that just yesterday. I'm like, would they really fill out you know, the quiz and say no. I I don't think, I think that if they take the quiz, they're already pretty much on board. You know, they're just trying to tell me that, hey, this website helped and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's why I put it there just to kind of get feedback on what people were thinking, you know, just kind of seeing where they're from. Um, It's just a short little quiz. So. Well, neat. Well, today we're going to talk to you about picking out your Nigerian dwarf goats and then also breeding them Okay. once you've picked them out. Okay. So Sam and I have talked about how we got our goats. I can't remember what episode it was. I need to start taking notes and writing (laughs) these things down so I can point people in the right direction. But anyhow, some time ago we talked about how we got our goats and Sam and I literally just picked our goats because they were goats. Sure. And that was it. That's usually what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But for somebody that wants to pick out Nigerian dwarf goats that like conform to the breeding standard and, you know, they want to uh, breed them either for milk or uh, to sell. How do you look at a goat and decide that it's that it's a good goat? Okay, so if you're going to be breeding and you really care about, you know, what your output is going to be as well as what you know your uh goats that you 
buy are going to be like uh, showroom or show ring competitive or, you know, have a have a good uh, milk production, have decent uh, linear appraisal scores, then you need to before you ever buy one single goat, you have to know what you're looking at. Now, that's way easier said than done, because it takes years to know what you're looking at. <laughs> so, so don't get too discouraged, you know, um, at the get go. But definitely, I tell everyone, even if they're just, you know, wanting to some backyard goats, definitely do tons and tons of research to figure out, you know, so you don't make a mistake. I mean, you can, and, and mistakes are going to happen. That's, it's a given. But um, on my website, on thegoatchick.com, there's a, um, now it only de deals with dairy goats because I really only know a lot about dairy goats and I have dairy goats. So there's a page called uh, Confirmation and there are two drawings, actually four drawings, two of a, the ideal dairy doe and two of the ideal dairy buck. And the reason they are drawings and not pictures is because there's no such thing as a perfect goat. That is absolutely 100% always true. Huh. There are great. That's good to know. There are great goats. There are exceptional goats. There is no perfect goat. So what they've done is they've actually done drawings of what the ideal dairy goat looks like. So those drawings combined with um, at the bottom of that same page, there are links to the ADGA, which is the American Dairy Goat Association uh, Unified Scorecard. And that is just words. There are no pictures. <laughs> you can find <laughs> some pictures, but um, it's descriptions of basically... If your goat is made up of 100 points, it breaks it down into uh, the points that count towards uh, dairy character, general appearance, and the mammary. So, and we're just talking about does right now. So, um, it'll have descriptions of like, uh, if you go there and you look at the unified scorecard, you need to know what each of the areas of your goat should be. And once you learn about those items, then you can kind of apply that to what you're looking at. Now, like I said before, it takes years and years. Uh, at least it did me. It took me, like, I, I still, you know, I'm not sure <laughs> on some things. <laughs> but when you do go uh, to choose a goat, you're going to pretty much defer to another opinion because there's just no way to get that information unless you've been around goats and, you know, know what you're looking for. So it, so that being said, if you know kind of what uh, the confirmation should be, what the scorecard could, should be, even if you don't fully understand it, you can find a good breeder and you can basically ask them. <laughs> what makes this a good, not that they're always going to tell you the truth but the reputable ones definitely will and you know so you find a reputable reputable breeder and if you specifically ask for you know I want a high producer I want um you know a 
uh, Joe that's going to do well in the show ring, that's going to do well, you know, confirmation wise during linear appraisal. They'll sell you what you ask for if you find a reputable dealer. So that's really good to know. And in fact, we'll link to both of these things that you talked okay. about in the show notes, both the goat confirmation and the scorecard from, did you, what was it called? Ag Adga. <laughs> there we go. Adga. I always just say A-D-G-A. A-D-G-A. So I was like, ooh, yep. Adga. There's a, better, <laughs> there's a better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Adga. Yep. Adga. <laughs> yep. And, and uh, there's a lot of resources on their page, too. It's adga.org, and that's the dairy goat. Uh, that's the standard dairy goat um, registration, registry. Um, there's also AGS, which is the American Goat Society. But I would say if you're, if you're looking at dairy goats, adga is your source of information. So That's good to know. Yeah, I just got done registering two of my goats because I have two registered uh-huh. goats, and I got... I got my membership, I got my herd names, right. I got my assigned tattoos, and I have almost all of my certificates. So I'm like, all right, nice. I'm almost ready to go on this. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. So so uh, will you have, are they yours? Are they your herd name? Oh, no, you haven't had babies yet, right? Nope, I haven't had babies yet. So none of my babies, so I don't have any um, goats that have my herd name yet. But you will. Um, but I have two registered goats and I have, that are triple registered uh-huh. with three of the registries. I think all except for the international one. Okay. And um, then I have two that are unregistered. Okay, okay. So I sort of ended up with a mix of goats. So you will have your first herd name babies i haven't bred mine yet because they they're just now turning one. Oh, okay so i was waiting okay. the whole year yeah so i'll breed them either um in february or march and then oh, okay. have late summer or fall babies for the first time okay so sam is yeah going to have okay gotcha, but i'm gotcha. not as <laughs> i'm not as fancy as bath i like <laughs> one of my girls is registered from where I got her from. And then uh-huh. the boy is not. It, it was kind of like a on-the-fly thing to right. decide not to fix him. Yep. Because, yep. well, it was funny because the breeder came over with her with her longtime friend that does the disbudding about a week after I got him. I got him like a week-old bottle baby. And today is the right. like one day or one year gotcha day for him. Right. I saw on Time right. Hop. But I call, <laughs> his cute. name is Loki, but I call him Little Toot. Um, nice. <laughs> and he's lived up to that because now he's just all boy and stinky. Yep. But yep. when he was like two weeks old, she's looking at him and she goes, oh my, look at that stance. Like if you ever decide yep. to breed him, like let me know. And I'm like, <laughs> his stance, like what are you? Even- he's adorable in the face, but I- and he pees everywhere, but I don't. I ha- right. I had him in the house at the time <laughs> because it was so cold. <laughs> and it was fun to have a house goat for like a minute. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And to put them in the little onesies and football outfit uh-huh. for the Super Bowl and all that fun stuff. But yep. I never went through with like registering him. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm not as far along as Bev goes, but I figure if I like this enough and, you know, it's something that I seriously want to pursue, then I'll kind of right. prepare to do that over the next year or so um, and right. add to the flock and all that fun stuff. But I'm just trying not to like freak my husband out too badly by right, in more right. so but yeah bev bev is super organized and has her shit together sam 
is not as much, but I aspire to be that level of organization. (laughs) And now I have her to ask questions to and you to ask questions to. So I will be set up for success when I'm ready to take that step. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, most people who kind of jump into it like you did, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, goats are awesome, you know, and you you, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I want to do this. Even, even if it's just for like a backyard milker Mm -hmm. and most people who, you know, just, just kind of jump into goats and get breeding goats, even if they're unregistered, eventually go the registered route. (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of get to the point where you're like, Hey, I could, I could totally do this. Let's do this. Right. So, right. But if I'm like, this is such a pain in the ass, I hate it. Right. This is terrifying. Like if it doesn't go well the first time, it might turn (laughs) me off, you know, but I grew up around dairy, dairy cows. So I've seen like cows being born. So I imagine it's just like this, except smaller scale because they're much smaller. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. so we'll see how this goes and then um, we'll decide if I'm going to be fancy like Bev. Right. (laughs) Well, and you know, I'm really not that organized. I've had all this paperwork for almost an entire year. And I just sat down to do it like four-ish weeks ago. It was like, it was the new year. And I picked my, my word for the year is focus. So I was like, all right, what do I need to focus on? And I was like, I need to focus on getting my goat shit together. (laughs) (laughs) So I like pulled out the notebook and I was like, registered with this association, registered with this association. And all this stuff started coming back. And I was like, what on earth does all this mean? Clearly, this is not a one-day thing. I have to shelf this for a little while right. and come back. So in the morning when I'm feeling feisty with my extra coffee, mm-hmm. I'll open it up and start filling out more paperwork. But I'm so close to being done, so close. <laughs> it can be kind of daunting. In fact, um, my best friend got into goats, and so I, you know, I set her up with a herd, and she started breeding and three years later she was like I could not do this paperwork will you please do it for me and I'm like oh no (laughs) so some people are really overwhelmed with uh the paperwork aspect but um you know it's worth it well and each uh society or group is just a little different in how they do it so it's really good to like take them off in bites, like do one society at a time. Right. And then once you get it, once you at least get your membership cards back from all of them, then you're like, all right, right. Now I can fill out the proper paperwork to register each goat. And then you're like, oh, wait, if I'm going to have goat kids, I need my herd name yep. and tattoo. Yep. So you get one and then you tell all the rest of them, this is my herd name and this is my tattoo with this society. And usually, or from what I've heard, they'll recognize it and just give it to you. Yeah, usually, usually if if it's available, they will. If it's available, yeah. And hopefully somebody like didn't take your stuff in one society (laughs) and not do the rest of them. Because then you're like, oh, crap, now I got to go back to all the other societies (laughs) and change it. Because it all has to be the same because of the tattoo part. Mm -hmm. You can't tattoo a goat with two different like leading tattoos. (laughs) I mean, their ears just aren't that big. (laughs) Yeah, that can be really frustrating. Knock on wood. I have to do it for real. Right. I haven't, I haven't had anybody take my stuff yet. So that's good. That's, that's good. (laughs) And, and all my applications are in now. So I I think I'm in the clear. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Heck yeah. 
Well, so for people who want to start getting into goat breeding, one of the things that Sam and I ran into is that like the genetics Mm -hmm. of the goats kind of matter when you start deciding to let them have sexy time together. (laughs) Right. So sorry. I like to say goat sexy time for some reason. And I like to laugh like a 12 year old boy. Apparently, (laughs) It's all good. So one thing I forgot to mention when, when you're choosing your first goats is uh, I absolutely um, believe in if, if you're going to do it, like you're, you think you're going to be serious about it Buy the best goats that you can afford. Like, and that, that means like confirmation wise and you know, that the records are behind them. So if you're going to start with babies, make sure that the parents, you know, they have good production records, good LA scores, good um, show doesn't matter as much, but if you're going to eventually show your own goats, then it's, it's better to, you know, choose those babies that have, um, parents who have shown and have done well. So, uh, Basically, yeah, that's that's like in a nutshell, get the best goats that you can afford to begin with if you think you're going to be serious about it. So so that being said, um, when you go to breed, you should do the same thing. You want to be improving, uh, choosing bucks that will improve the faults on your own goats. And like I said before, there is no such thing as a perfect goat. Every single goat has faults. You just have to know what those faults are. So, uh, you know, if you want to improve production, then you need to find a buck that has a dam who has really good production. So um, if you have a goat that uh, doesn't have a great uh, rump, then you want to find a buck that has a really great rump. Um, In theory, it doesn't always work out that way. You can breed two champion beautiful parents and get crap you know it's it's just it happens so um so same thing you know um you want to choose a buck to breed your does to um that improves your does in theory everything's always theory Well, that kind of takes the pressure off, though, right? Because you can try your hardest, but you and in, in, you know best laid plans, right? And it right. still not come out like you expected. So, really, it's right. just kind of like Mother Nature doing what she wants, oh, regardless and of how hard we try. <laughs> absolutely. And when you get so, say you bring a new buck in that you think well, I'm going to try this buck because he has so-and-so and so-and-so and and he's, you know, on paper, he's good and his parents are good. Well, from the time you bring him home and breed him to the first doe, it takes about three years to prove him that he's, he's actually worth something. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's a very, very long drown out process, you know, and, and then, you know, in the meantime, Say you use um, a buck, you you buy a buck and you use them on a couple does, and then for some reason maybe maybe he's an asshole, right? Yeah. You know, he just <laughs> and you're like you are not staying here. So <laughs> so you sell him, right? And right. then three years later, you're like, oh, 
oh, I sh- really should have kept it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it just, yeah. everything just takes so long to prove that, you know, it's, it's hard. It, it's yeah. Hard. And it's, it sounds like it's quite the commitment, you know, it it's is not something you can just throw mo- money at and just expect it to go right. well right away, right off the bat and prove yep. that, you know, you have the greatest goats on earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a long-term commitment. Yes. Very long-term. And that's why I said, you know, buy the best goats possible to begin with. And then you're kind of ahead of the game. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> right. In theory. In right? theory. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think it's, it's really, I think it's really refreshing to hear, you know, and to just confirm that even no matter how hard you try, shit's going to happen. It's yep. not going to go well. Or maybe something kind of unplanned happens and it turns yeah. out to be the best thing that's happened to you and your little farm. So, right. like, right. me and Bev are big on, like, kind of shattering the image of everything is perfect on our farm. Not that, mm-hmm. like... I mean, we put together nice Instagram posts, but we're not like <laughs> my, my chicken coop has shit all over the place. And when right. I take pictures of that and post it on Instagram, I'm not going to edit the shit out. Right. And you know, that's just not who we are. And there's nothing wrong with like right. the, the pristine looking pictures. Like those are great, but we like to keep it real and authentic and talk about what actually goes into a lot of this stuff and what could happen. So sure. it's really nice that you're so open and just truthful about it because not everybody is that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a really hard thing, you know, and, and also, you know, I, I think people think that us breeders, we just make tons of money, you know, just hand (laughs) over fist and it's just not like, (laughs) what you don't, (laughs) I thought you were like a millionaire over there. (laughs) Right. Right. That's a question I get a lot, you know, uh, oh, wow, you know, you know, are you make, you making a living off of that? And I just <laughs> laugh, like, really? <laughs> Do you know how much they eat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> they can, they can absolutely pay for themselves. But, right. you know, no one goes into this saying, oh, well, yeah, you might be able to get $1,000 a baby when they're born. But that's still not going to, you're still not going to get rich on that, you know. You'd have to right. have 100 does to breed and, and have like a dairy and, you know, you can do it large scale. But small scale and even like a medium-sized herd that I have, no way. I mean, it's just not, it's not right. possible. It's a nice little <laughs> side gig or hobby. It's a hobby. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is a good reminder because you'll see a lot of um, people on Instagram that are like, Learn how to quit your job right. and breed Nigerian dark goats for a living. Or, <laughs> right. And I'm just like, you're being so disingenuous yeah. Yeah. when you do that. Like, I understand that you have to make a living also, but I could never do that myself to yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Because you know that, I mean, like, let's face it. If you could breed goats and make the same that you would driving into a city for a job every day. Right. Everybody would breed goats, right? Because right? it's so much more oh, fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, not that it's not stressful sure, or work, sure. but like, I mean, you're surrounded by adorable baby goats all day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. I, I mean, it's. I mean, I take it seriously. You know, I, I, 
I work probably more than 40 hours a week at the farm, but I mean, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's not possible to do it full time and make, <laughs> right. and, and replace right. an income. So yeah. yeah, it's just not possible. Well, and so one of the things that we've talked about when breeding goats is whether or not you can breed goats that are related to each other. So I've been doing this for eight years. I'm just now starting to line breed, which is what they call, um, you take a relative and breed it to another relative. Um, and there's a, there's a very specific reason for doing it. And, you know, um, I mean, anyone can breed, you know, a mother to a son or an uncle to a niece, but you should definitely have a reason. You can't just willy nilly it and say, well, okay. So, so if you have, say you have a doe that has a really great mammary and maybe her uncle is, you know, close, so closely related. So you want to even improve that mammary in theory to be bigger and better. So that's the reason that you would line breed is that um, you want to enhance specific traits in that breeding. Now it also goes the opposite direction. Say they have, they both have um, the same fault or <laughs> uh, similar faults that can also be enhanced too, because you're, you're increasing your genetics when you cross them. Okay. So so the same that can be said, like, I want to, I want to breed this goat to this goat to improve this, you know, it's entirely possible that it goes the other direction and you're going to enhance a fault or not a fault even, but, but something that's not as great in the babies as, you know, so everything is multiplied. So I just now this year started line breeding and I don't do it really closely, but like I said, I do like uh, niece to uncle. I've even done some grandparents to, to grandson, like a, like a granddam and a grand grandson. I'll breed them together and it's for a specific reason. So, you know, I want to kind of, uh, I'm working on like consistency. Mm -hmm. So that's one way. Um, if you start line breeding, First, you have to get your herd to a level where you're like, okay, I'm pretty good. You know, uh, you're not, you're, you're pumping out, not everything is great, but you're pumping out um, some really nice conformed goats with, with, you know, decent udders and, um, you know, show quality goats. And then you can step your game up to where you're like, okay, I'm going to take this goat and this goat, and I'm going to try to make a super goat. <laughs> Super good, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, you you can absolutely do it. Um, I wouldn't ever suggest, um, even though it's happened on accident, I I wouldn't suggest going as close as brother and sister. Um, that's usually kind of a no no. Um, if you had a very good reason for it, it would be okay. Um. But generally, I stay away from that. I try to go, like, at least two steps away from each other, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, so Yeah, which, which totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, a really successful breeder, uh, he's been breeding for over t 25 years, and he's really good at it. Um, I bought a buck from him, and, you know, his whole thing is, like, 
So once you see what you like, then you line breed that and you'll make more things that you like in theory. And <laughs> he says that, you know, he doesn't have family trees. He has family wreaths. So everything oh. <laughs> is tied back together. And he's, he's created um, a really nice herd out of, you know, just a few goats that he's been very, very selective about. So I have one of his bucks that I just started to use last year and I've used him really heavily this year. So it's, it's a thing. I mean, you do it for reasons. Right. Um, you, you can't, like you said, it can't be without purpose. It can't just be, you know, Whoops. Well, it could be. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. People are like, they are goats, they'll do it. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, you can't stop them. And you can't stop people from saying like, hey, I have this mom. Oh, well, she had a son last year. I'll just breathe the son back to her. Yeah, that'll yeah. totally work. I mean, it's, yeah, it's that's, not just going to shut it down. <laughs> yeah. It'll make goats. Yeah, it will make goats. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want, I guess if you want it to go well and to have purpose, there's a lot of thought that goes behind it. Right, right, right. It, yeah, it is always for a specific purpose. It, at least on my farm, I can't obviously speak for everyone, but well, it's a good, um, it's a good thing for people to think about. Because um, like one of the things that I did when I got my goats, so three of my does have the same sire, mm -hmm. and then one has a different sire. So I'm like, well, crap! I didn't start this off very <laughs> genetically diverse today. <laughs> Well, that's all right. Like I could keep one of their bucks to breed to the other one, but you know, like it, it only depends like if they're good. Cause right. also one of the things, like if you're going to keep a buck yep. for, for stud purposes, it, it has to be a good one. Yeah. I weather 99.9% .9 of every male born on this farm. I've kept a couple of uh, sons over the years, mostly to replace their sires. Um, I've kept a few and tested them, you know, just kind of um, threw them together with some first fresheners and, and just kind of see what happens. Um, but I've probably, gosh, I think I've only ever registered less than a half a dozen in eight years. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's not very many. Um, but then again, you know, I, I like to buy a buck from another herd who does it much better than I do, you know, and then try to, um, that's the way you're going to improve is to bring in outside bucks. You know, if you stick with, if you keep a buck out of this one and a buck out of this one, you're not really improving anything. You know, you're just kind of spreading the genetics around. So if you bring in an outside buck, that's, they could still be related, but from, you know, another herd that kind of knows what they're doing you know <laughs> you right. can bring that <laughs> you can bring that in and then you know you kind of just spread him around in your herd and you see what happens and then hopefully three years later you can go oh that was a good idea or you can go oh no I just lost three years you know <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Yeah. So basically being a goat breeder is like you get to be your own mad scientist of goatiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's stuff that I've and it's 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 a, it's all a learning experience. You know, there's stuff that I've sold 
where I'm like, oh, why did I ever sell that? You know, I've had goats where I've seen them, you know, when they're like a year old and they left when they were three weeks old. And I'm like, oh, no, please, if you ever sell that goat, just, you know, please please ask me first because I want her back, you know, so. <laughs> so well, that's and just... one of the last things I, that I want to ask about is um, if you don't have any bucks on your property, how do you go about vetting a farm to either bring in their buck for stud services or to bring your does to? I would say if you have enough does to, um, you know, start breeding, the cheapest and easiest is to just buy a buck. And then obviously, I mean, it's, it's, and then, you know, if you're done with them, you can sell them later. There are leasing options. Um, it's really hard to find a driveway breeder, which is what I call them. Um, <laughs> and it's exactly what it sounds like, you know, you, <laughs> you pull in the driveway, we bring the buck out, he, he breeds your dough and you hand him money and then they leave. So <laughs> it's very romantic. Sounds convenient. Sounds like yes. prostitution. <laughs> it's hard to find people who will do that. I actually do it on a limited basis. I stud out my bucks, but like I every year well two years in a row now i've studded out i've i've leased a buck to brad to be uh -huh. to uh breed his does and it's just stuff like that like um if if you started your herd from my you know my animals and you have your animals on or my animals on your farm absolutely you know um you know there's there's a couple things uh that you have to worry about and um I purposely try to make it a little hard and expensive because, you know, I just don't want anyone to say, I mean, they can ask, but I'm going to say no, you know, and I'm not, yeah. and I'm not going to say no, I'm going to say, okay, you need this, 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 and it's going to be this much money. And they go, oh, never mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I say no. Um, but there are like, uh, so I'll lease a buck to Brad. Um, he has only my, uh, animals on his farm. Uh, I know they're clean animals, um, because they came from here and I test and, um, you know, I make sure that if, if someone would, you know, call me up and say, Hey, can I use, um, uh, one of my bucks, Nemo, you know, so if you, he, they want to use Nemo on their, um, on their dough. And I say, okay, uh, you're going to need a negative CAE test dated within the last six months. You're going to need a, um, a, a certified state certificate of health from your veterinarian dated within the last 30 days. Um, those two things will pretty much make me feel better about um, you know, having a doe over here to, you know, um, expose my buck to and vice versa. So you want to look for those breeders that, you know, don't just say, okay, you know, <laughs> you want to make sure you want to make sure that they test, um, every year, um, first at least CAE, you want to make sure that, um, you know, they have, um, healthy farms and, um, and also require that of you you know, the, the, the person who wants to, 
use the buck as stud, you know, they, we should require as a breeder, we should require that they prove themselves as well. So, so that's kind of, um, it, like I said, it's, it's kind of hard to find. I do, I probably do driveway breedings maybe twice a year, maybe. And it's all, it's people that I've known for years who have come back to me every year. Um, you know, they just have a little handful of does. They don't have a buck. Um, I vetted and I vet them every year, every year. I still require the negative CAE test. I require the, you know, the vet health certificate um, before they even step. And, and they're, they're literally here for two minutes. So it's very fast. <laughs> Bucks get the job done yeah. fast. <laughs> I usually let them do it a couple times, but it's really fast. So, <laughs> so yeah, those same things. I mean, um, that's what you should look for. You should look for a clean herd, a tested herd. And, and that herd should absolutely require the same thing of you. Yeah, because it should set off some alarm bells if you call them and you're like, hey, do you do stud service? And they're like, yeah, when can I pull up? It'll right, be $500. Right, like, wait right, a minute, wait a right. minute. <laughs> you're a little too eager for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's obviously it's good money, but yeah. but still it's like, yeah, you don't want to take that chance and just allow just anyone, you know, you have to, you have to make them, them jump through some hoops too, just, you know, to make sure that everything stays healthy kosher yeah that totally makes sense yeah. i think uh i'm gonna have to tell my husband we need to get a buck <laughs> it's the easiest thing you know buy a buck um and it doesn't have to be you know i mean if you want something good you know you're gonna spend a lot of money but but you can you know find bucks really nice bucks for you know 500 600 and then just get a weather to be his buddy and you'll you'll have to pin them separately um yep because they, you know, come into heat every 21 days. So yeah. <laughs> I have a little girl right now that's, she's only seven months old and she is just screaming her head off today. She's in heat. Oh no! And, and you know, I, str <laughs> I stream my herd 24 seven on Twitch. So all these people are like, what is her problem? I'm like, she's in heat. I'll turn the sound down. <laughs> she wants, like she's just, she wants she, a dude. <laughs> yes, she is very vocal today and I'm just like oh come on I guess it's better than silent heats but still it's it can be annoying so yeah <laughs> well that's cool so you have a twitch stream yeah that people can watch yeah. of your herd yeah we are waiting for babies right now we have babies due uh, a week from today and so we're going to be live streaming the births as well as the babies uh, right now, the stream is on the feeder, so they are just, we're, we're, we just watch them eat um, at night. I put the camera in the barn, and we have four cameras, and I switch to the barn camera, and we watch them, and um, we just we just watch goats, and it's a very relaxing stream. You can come in and, and ask questions, and, uh, you know, tell me about your goats, and I'll tell you about mine, or whatever, <laughs> so... <laughs> It's a brand new thing. I, I just started about two weeks ago. But, um, yeah, my goal is to stream 24 hours a day. So whatever happens, happens. <laughs> that's really well, That's cool. really neat. Yeah, yeah we're totally going to link to that stream in the show oh, notes. Cool. I found Thank it you. on your website. Thank you very much. So we, um, listeners, if you want to go just watch goats. Yeah. I mean, it's a good meditative moment. It, usually. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> usually, yeah. <laughs> Right. So you can just go on there or 
you know, if you have any goat questions, yeah, yeah, you can chat with Erica directly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always here. I, that's one thing, you know, as an educator myself, um, I've always really believed in, um, you know, helping other people to, you know, answer questions, uh, help solve problems. And so I, I make myself available all the time um, via text or phone or email or even, you know, on my Twitch channel, wherever. If you have a question, there's also a, an Ask the Goat Chick uh, page on thegoatchick.com. So uh, you can go there and type in your question. It'll send, it'll send me an email. I'm usually pretty quick to respond, usually within 24 hours. Um, but, you know, if you have an emergency, then please call your vet. But, <laughs> but, but for other questions or whatever, absolutely, I'm always here. So I, I totally believe in, um, you know, trying to help people. And, um, you know, a lot of people helped me start up. And um, so I really want to continue that and just make try to try to make the breed better and try to make uh, goats in general, you know, goat keeping better. So, well, that's really neat. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. It's been wonderful. Yeah, I think that this was really helpful for both Sam and I personally. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think for our listeners as well. So do you have any social media accounts I do. we can tell people about? Um, so I have uh, on Facebook. Uh, I only have Facebook right now. But I do have like a million websites. Um, <laughs> so I have uh, the go- <laughs> I have the goatchick.com. Uh, I also have, so on Facebook, I'm the goat chick. Um, my herd is called Twin Willows Farm. And we have a social media account. Uh, it's Twin Willows Nigerians on Facebook. I also have uh, my book is out um, called The Goat Chick. Yeah, I have a book. Um, it's kind of laid out the same way as the website. So um, it's it's based on thegoatchick.com. So uh, it's, it's basically, you know, you can have it at your fingertips whenever. Put it in your goat medicine cabinet and um, look up answers. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's available on Amazon. Um, the Goat Chick, uh, How to Get Started Raising Goats is what it's called. We'll be linking to your book in the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, we hope you found this interview with The Goat Chick super fun and informative. We'll have links to everything that we talked about in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.